Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. We appreciate very much for listening, downloading. We appreciate it even more when you share. Numbers keep going up. Uh, we really appreciate that when... Some of the teams of the people listening to the podcast maybe aren't having a great year. And by gosh, if you're still listening to podcasts about football when your team's not doing great, you, there's like a special badge that should be given to somebody like that. Yeah, some, I mean, it's, it's like kind of masochistic, right? Yeah, I mean, that's bit. it's me. That, yeah. I, I'm the guy listening. <laughs> <laughs> Which fits perfectly. So yes. We need more masochism. All right. Uh, so one of the things, we, we got all kinds of, we got a potpourri of fun stuff before the games. You know, we only have four games here, but I feel like there's going to be more content than usual. <laughs> you guys did not dis- disappoint when it came to asking uh, uh, when, and receiving some questions and answers. So we'll get into that. Um, first thing that we thought we'd go through, there was a list of Big Ten teams and then what their candy was. Well, it was it was not teams, but the states within the footprint and what their favorite candy is in that state, the Halloween candy specifically. So we're not going to go through all of them, but Illinois, yours was? It was a Kit Kat. I mean, that's that's quality. Kit-Kat. I disagree. You do not like Kit Kats? No, I mean, the wafer? Like, oh, it's basically air. The, the crunch is the part of the, is part really? of the good stuff. And yeah. it's crappy chocolate. The chocolate is not great. No. Altogether, though, I, I think the Kit Kat is solid. That's, that's the problem I have with, like, like a Reese's, let's say. A Reese's peanut butter cup. Like, the chocolate's garbage. Whew, I love Reese's peanut butter cups. Have you cups. ever had the Justin's peanut butter cups? No. Oh, they're incredible. I think I've, I've tried other peanut butter cups, but I've grown up with Reese's peanut butter cups so much that that's what that... It's not even peanut butter. I don't know what well, that is. Yeah, I don't think there's any peanuts no, in it. The no. Justin's ones are actual peanut butter with yeah. a really high quality chocolate around it. Ironically, the the Greek wife uh, brought those into the house two weeks ago. I think as a Halloween give out for you know. And they're gone. Night. Well, you can't you can't buy those two weeks. In <laughs> no, advance. you can't. You gotta do your Halloween candy shopping the day before. Yeah, those things were right into the fridge and eventually into my stomach. Yeah. So, um, and then I was was candy corn. Candy. How do you which feel is like ridiculous, man? Is it just is it just because it's corn? I is think. That, I, yeah. Whoever you know, there's all kinds of different polls like this that go through, and almost every there's state, no research done. There's no research done. My, they just match it up to see how sure. it happens. I mean. Was candy corn around growing up? Of course. If you did a bag, you know, I I don't know what you had. I had a, it was a plastic pumpkin with a handle on it. I think we always did a pillowcase. You really did the pillowcase? I think I did a pillowcase, yeah. I think that was my thing. Did you grow up po? <laughs> no, it was stronger, man. Okay. You can put, you carry more shit in it. Right. <laughs> so I had the, the orange pumpkin, you know, jack-o'-lantern. I didn't have the orange pumpkin okay. jack-o'-lantern. No. And... So, you know, you just loaded the thing up with candy. And when you got towards the end, the only thing that was on the bottom of that, because you could go through all the good stuff, sure. was candy corn and the two erasers you got from the really, you know. Well, don't forget, like, the black and orange ones. Like, the, half of them were, were wrapped yeah. in black and half in orange, and they had I'll, the peanut butter inside. They're they're a step up from candy corn. I like those things. What? You like those black and yes. orange things, but you don't like Kit Kats or Reese's? No. I don't know. It's like we agree on everything other than anything. Food well, and it's got to be outside of football, I think. Yeah, right? that's pretty much what it is. But, but candy corn, I can appreciate candy corn, but it's one of those things like you take a handful and you're like, oh, yeah, those aren't bad. 
But then you're good for a year. Yeah. No. One handful is really all you need per year. I would say a half a handful would actually get it. Okay, half. All right, so let's get, let's get into housekeeping items. This is good stuff. Oh, that was solid gold, podcasting. Jerry. Gold. <laughs> housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. All right, <laughs> housekeeping. Uh, injuries. Just a few here. IU quarterback Michael Penix still questionable. Nebraska quarterback Art Adrian Martinez with the knee still questionable. Also, Nebraska quarterback Noah Vidral, legs still questionable. So banged up in that QB room in McCaffrey. In Lincoln. Banged up as well. That's not true. As much He's not listed, but but it uh, sounds like Adrian Martinez is going to be. Yeah, but I thought he was going to go last week. Yeah, which would lend itself into thinking that he would definitely go this week. In fact, I'm not even going to make predictions anymore about quarterbacks playing because I thought Josh Jackson was going to play last week. Did not. I don't know. I, if you ask me, I have no idea. We don't know. No, nope. we do not know. All right, moving right along here. This one's kind of a bombshell. Yeah. NC2A released a statement, and I'm reading directly from their statement. In, associate, in, in the association's continuing efforts to support college athletes, the NCAA's top governing board voted unanimously to permit students participating in athletics the opportunity to benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness in a manner consistent with the collegiate model. So they have to put that little, that little caveat in there. Correct. And there's no, there's really no definition of collegiate model. It's their definition, whatever they feel like, on a certain day, right? So they give a few guidelines here, but. Um, and as far as when this takes over, well, so they said that they're going to start working on it immediately, but that they will have something in place by January 2021, which is coincidentally, actually not coincidentally. When California's role was gonna, of law was gonna take place, um, so have to assure that the student athletes are treated similar to non-student athletes, maintain the priorities of education, collegiate experience, blah blah blah, ensure rules are transparent. Good luck with that. Make clear the distinction between collegiate and professional opportunities. Hmm. Make clear that compensation for athletes' performance or or participation is impermissible. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Good luck with that too. Reaffirm that student athletes are students first and not employees of the university. That's a cover your ass if I heard one right there. Those are the big ones right there. So I don't think we're going to a deep dive on this. We've done a mini deep dive on this topic before. Um, I tweeted something out not long after the news broke, uh, was away from my phone for a little bit, came back, and there was tons of replies. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a hot button topic that people talk about. Um, I think the biggest thing, and this is what I said last week, so I'm or last pod when we talked about this, so maybe I'm being a little bit redundant. Um, I, I don't know how this is going to come out, work out. Nobody knows how this is going to work out. So that's my thing. Like the just the overall, oh, this is going to be fine approach that I've seen a ton of, of course, college football sports writers for the most part saying that. Everybody chill out. Don't worry. It's going to be They great. love it pretty much. They don't know that that. No, they have no idea. But um, I will say, well, first of all, I thought it was funny that Emmert came out as with his tough guy stance a couple weeks ago against California. Oh, shaking his fist. You're not going to participate in our postseason. And then he caves two weeks later. Yeah. What a pussy. Um, and, you know, then like one of the comments on Twitter was, 
you know, what was there a like a special council or something, you know, organization that's going to go oversee this? And I'm like, no, it'll be the NC2A. But if there was an organization that was created from scratch from new people, I would give this said organization a better chance to manage this than the NC2A. Yeah, they're about the worst people to be in charge of this. Now, my personal opinion is this is just going to make the rich get richer because that's how things generally work. But I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And I've heard some good arguments like this could balance the field of the cheaters versus the non-cheaters because of the transparency, right? And maybe that's true. Um, one, one thing that uh, the Illinois athletic director, Josh Whitman, said is he's actually okay with this. He actually supports it. But the one thing that he wants is he wants it done on a national scale, not state by state, which I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, could you imagine how crazy it would get? Really good point. I mean, can, can you imagine what the rules would be like in Alabama versus Minnesota? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Right. They, it would just be Wild West in Alabama. Pay whatever you want, whenever you so want. So essentially he's saying federal instead of state, which is amazing. Yeah, I think that's, that's a, a great point. I think it's an excellent point. Yeah. Um, but I still think the most passionate fan bases, largest fan bases, highest populated metro areas, those are the teams that are going to benefit from this. Yeah, because uh, essentially it's not just – uh, most passionate fan base. It's not just most populous because right. you obviously, I mean, using Los Angeles, like sure, but they don't, they don't care. They about, don't get a behind I mean, a little U- bit with USC it, when USC is up. They care a little bit, right? But UCLA, pff, when was the last time they cared about them? But like right now, by and large, if uh, the USC quarterback, his face was on the computer or TV screen. How many people in California even know who that kid is? No, not not a very high percentage. But yet the same situation, you know, the quarterback's face in Lincoln, 98% of the people. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, those There's are There's a the, balance there. So, and then if there is somebody like Georgia, where it is oh, a my. high population fan base, but also passionate again for their college football team. I think Georgia would just rip off like 10 straight natties. Texas, Texas would be huge too, but you know, there's there was another counter argument I heard that I kind of liked. Each market is only going to sustain so many people. Like even in let's take Lincoln, Nebraska, the quarterback's going to be he's going to get his share, running back, maybe a defensive player or two. But then after that, how many how many players can you really sustain? You think? Yes, hmm. that's right. That's where I think people are wrong. I, I okay. think you you people know that you can't have a great football team unless you have a great offensive line yeah. and defensive line. And you can't have a great offensive and defensive line unless you get those recruits. So there you go. That's it. That's my ex- explanation. Someone said this is the biggest change in the NC2A since, I guess it was 1984 when basically NCAA had to give up TV rights, which is crazy that they owned yeah. the TV rights at any point. Right. But this is the biggest change I think maybe Stu Mandel said that, which okay. is probably true. Or when college football broke the color color barrier, maybe would be another yeah, one. Yeah, that'd I mean, be a big one. Now, I did see, I think it was Barrett Salee's tweet, and he listed off all of the changes in college football. I saw that one, too. You know, like the first one being the forward pass. And, you know, he just kept saying, benchmark, benchmark, all these things, you know, uh, d- uh scholarships going from 105 to 85 sure. like all of the things that was going to kill college football and college football survived and i read that and i'm like okay it is a fair point but 
Some of the points were fair, but going from 105 to 85, I don't know how that was ever going to kill college football. Or or were people saying it was going to? I doubt it. Yeah. No. I don't don't know. But maybe the point is just overreacting to it. Again, I I hope I'm wrong. Lord knows I'm wrong often. I, I don't want this to wind up being a big deal. Maybe it could even be a better deal for the middle tier teams, you know? It could be. It could be. I just... I just don't think it will. Um, and of, of course, I'm at least willing to take a look at it because it seems like it's pretty much well uh, um, accepted that NCAA football and EA Sports is going to come back because right. every other tweet for about a three-hour session there was just people tweeting about EA Sports, NCAA football. And I think, you know what? I think it, I might buy it. Yeah. And just do the let it do the autoplay. Okay. But just build the the, you can do the that. program. That's fun. That sounds you awesome, actually. Yeah, it's pretty good. And stuff. I will say one more thing. I'm actually in favor of this for the players because it's just free market. Like, why shouldn't they be able to do that? But it doesn't mean I want them to kill my sport in the meet, like in the process. Well, and then that's the whole thing. If it kills the sport in the process, the players aren't going to have right. as much to benefit in the long run. Yeah. Right. Can't wait to see what happens. Here. Yeah. All right. Since yeah. we got a slow week here, I threw out. An idea, mailbag questions. Yeah. So, uh, we, listeners responded in mass. Yeah. And we selected a handful of questions here. Right. That we're just gonna kind of riff on. Okay. This is great. My only fear is, like two weeks ago, when I at the end of the day had a great day of college football, and I was you know tweeting to my followers like, hey, thanks for joining me for college. Although football we might forget today. somebody. And, and yeah, and, and I tweeted. I, you know, tagged several people. Then the four, four to six people that I didn't tag got mad at me. Right. If we forget your question here, we apologize, but we'll try to get you next time. Yeah, but we got a handful here. We let's do. let's start off with one from at Boatwagon1. This kind of ties into something we yeah. were just talking about. Could college football achieve more parity by adjusting scholarship allotment, more to lower rated teams and fewer to higher ranked teams? I don't know about, I don't know how you can bring rankings into it. It's too subjective, right? But you could just lower the scholarship allotment again, like from 85 down to, I don't know, 70, something like that. Yeah. Um, I understand what the question is driving at. It's whatever you can come up with to try. It, it's it's like with the NFL, you know, not once you have the cap, sp- uh, uh, cap limit, yeah. there's only so much money any team can spend on a player. That's so, why you have so much parity. And, and it gives everyone a shot, which which I think most college football, 85% of them would agree, my team has no shot right. at winning so, the championship. And, that's, and I think that's what Boltwagon is saying here. Like right. he's, he's trying to brainstorm and say, what could we do in college that would make it more parity like they do in the NFL? So I get where the question is coming from, but, but limiting scholarships for one school, not to the other, that doesn't seem very American to me. No, like, it doesn't. It's just, it's just not right. I would like to think about some other way to do it. I get it. I just, I just don't think that's it. I've kicked this thing around in my head for years now yeah. and I don't have an answer. I don't either. I wish I did. Yep. Sorry about that. Yeah. Moving on to at seven natty champs. How big of a mistake was it for Minnesota to decline the night game versus Penn state Be, citing exposure, like better exposure at night. Well, just today PJ went on the Pat McAfee show and said, Oh no, no, no. We did not decline it. So this was news to me, too. In November, 
Big Ten teams both have to agree to play at night, which is why you see so few night games in November. So this basically came down to Penn State saying, we don't want to play it at night. And if you're Penn State, how can you blame them? If you have the choice to not play at night, no, why thank would you. you go and play at night? Like It, it is not... always a more stirred-up crowd and football team at night. Right. And then you actually go all the way back the other way, and it's a 11 o'clock a.m. local game. Uh, noon for Penn State people. Um, so I, I get it. So in the end, it wasn't a mistake for Minnesota. They no. had no choice. The one thing I would say is the way you get the best exposure out of this game is by winning the football That's game. right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, moving along to at what the fedge. Uh, what is a good team, he says. And he, this is in reference to the Gophers again. Quote, the Gophers haven't played anyone good. He's, that's and what I think people you are could, saying. You could, play, you could use that against Ohio State and Penn State, meaning that's what Twitter is saying to those teams. Okay. They're saying, you know, not, not, I'm not saying they haven't. I'm saying that's what the anti-Ohio State, Penn sure. State, Minnesota fans are saying. To me, I, I love this question. This is a great question. Yep. And I, I suppose it would vary from person to person. I, I would say... Once you make it to a bowl game, a bowl game, six and six, you're an average team, right? Mm -hmm. Then to me, a good team is in that seven and five, eight and four, nine and three range. Okay. Definitely eight and four to me. If you are a team that beat an eight and four team, you beat a good team. Absolutely. No question. I'm in similar lines. I was just going to say, Winning record. They have a winning record. Okay, pretty good team. Finish the year seven and six, winning your bowl game. Um, that is a good team. At the very least, a seven and six team is a team that shows if you show up that day and you are the you know rated, highly rated team, higher rated team, I should say, you're picked to win. But if you have a bad day, yeah, you could lose. That seven and six team is good enough to take you down. So right. to me, that's a good win. Yeah, so I looked back at the Gopher schedule because this is the Gopher, a Gopher question. Only Georgia Southern and SDSU have winning records so far. Right. Like Fresno's not having a great season. Yeah, they can. But the thing off. with thing with Minnesota doesn't matter. You've got good teams left. You're going to get your shot, right? Yes. I, it's fair to say the best teams are three of them are still on your schedule. Absolutely. So yeah. if if I'm giving Gopher fans advice, just let the haters hate and keep on playing. And I would say for the most part, when they look at it a team that's having a big year, you know, 11 and one team that maybe is going to be looked at for the playoffs. They will start looking at how many bowl eligible teams they played. That's yep, the thing that you see. That's probably true. Okay. From at Hoosier Al one, 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 what underrated big 10 team would you compare to an overhyped or overrated sec team? Haven't seen your answer, but I'm, I'm going to guess it's the exact same that I have. Go for it. Really? Yeah. Well, I knowing that he is a Indiana, Indiana fan, yeah. I chose Indiana as okay. the Big Ten team, yep. and the closest thing I could come up with is Mizzou. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I went Indiana, Texas A and M. I was thinking about that one too. Almost I, went with Texas A and M. Yeah, I mean, essentially, Texas A and M has looked average versus average teams and got beat by the good teams they've played. Indiana has looked good versus the average to bad teams and got beat by. So definitely the one best team they played, and then Michigan State. So what's the big difference there? I'll tell you what the difference is: Texas A&M's five and three, and Indiana's six and two. Right. You trying to tell me if all things were the exact same, but it was the 
Indiana Aggies that they wouldn't be ranked right now. They oh my would God, they'd be so ranked, be ranked right in now. Fact, Indiana's they'd... getting screwed. They're barely getting votes in the AP. They okay, be... if Texas A&M was six and two right now with two like Clemson loss and I can't remember who it was, but Bama, whatever. Okay, I... they'd be ranked fifteenth. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And then you look at their wins, at, at what their five wins now. They're not good. No. But yet they're about two more wins away being ranked again. <laughs> Right, you know, of course. Yeah. No, I went with Mizzou. Okay, so Indiana six and two, three and two in conference. They're in fourth place. They're behind three ranked teams: Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. Mizzou is five and three, two and two in conference, third place, behind two ranked teams: number six Florida, number eight Georgia. So, another thing, offensively, very comparable statistically. Um, but the Big East, I would say, or the Big Ten East is tougher at the top. But I would say the SEC East is deeper than than the Big Ten East. So yeah, I I use scoring a little bit more than them. They have a little better passing game, but Mizzou's running the ball a little bit better. So the, I'm going with Mizzou. Yeah. And by the way, there's starting to be some chatter about Barry Odom on the hot seat. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, it's the SEC. Well, you know, they're not a true SEC team. Right. But Boy, good luck, Mizzou, if you move on from Odom right now. That whole school is a mess to me. And I'm not just saying that because you're an Illinois fan. I just I just think it's a mess. The campus is a mess. Everything's a mess. Yeah, yeah. They, they've had some tough times. Yeah. Okay, moving on. At Church of Erotica, yeah. one of our favorite new listeners. I'm not sure if this was a little... Uh, <laughs> this was intentional or not. Uh, Illinois has been surprisingly competent on D... D. The last two weeks. How much of this is actual improvement? How much is due to Wisconsin not adjusting their game plan? How much is due to playing Purdue in a monsoon? Should I start here? Go ahead. Okay. So there have been three major changes in the last two weeks on the Illinois defense. First one is the defensive tackles are playing out of their minds. The second one is they shifted around the defensive backfield, moved Tony Adams from safety back to his more natural cornerback, and then inserted Stanley Green at safety. They're both more comfortable. Like Tony even said this week, you know, I just never felt at home back there. I'm a natural cornerback, and I feel like I'm in my proper position. And he basically said he was playing kind of tentative, and Stanley Green does not do that. He plays with no fear. And the other thing is they have two more seniors on the field right now than they've been putting on the field. Tymere Oliver, one of the defensive tackles who's playing great, and then the guy I just mentioned, Stanley Green. So now they're playing four seniors. So I think they, they got older. They've got their 11 best guys on the field, and they're getting the best play they've gotten in the Lovey era from their defensive tackles. Those are your differences. With that being said, Wisconsin did play flat yeah. and run right at them. And there is no doubt that Purdue is a pass-heavy team right? that was in a monsoon last week. Sure. So I think the answer is D, all of the above. Well, okay, so Purdue couldn't throw the ball. So they were forced to run. They got absolutely dominated on the offensive line. That's a Big Ten team that got dominated by... My point I want to make is... Don't bag on Illinois for having a more complete team that Correct. can win in a different, you know, weather weather type of elements. So I would say, can they, I think that ultimately what she's asking, can they keep this up? And I would say as long as their defensive tackles keep playing like this, Jamal Milan, my God, that guy's going to play himself onto like one of the, the, the all Big Ten teams. Right. 
So right. as long as they keep playing well, then yeah, I think they can keep it up. Yeah. Okay, next, Vegas Sports Guy, at Vegas Sports Guy. When is an acceptable date to put up your Christmas trees and decorations? So this is this is my jam here. So uh, This is definitely not my jam. No. Um, anybody that knows me knows that that's, that's the holiday. That and anyone that knows me knows that I'm a Grinch. Yep. So, again, another thing that's outside the football world that we do not see eye to eye on. Um, the ideal time obviously is I, I say immediately after you wake up from your Thanksgiving day nap, that's the time when you can start putting Christmas decorations. Okay. On. We're, so we're pretty close here. Then the, then you have, you have a gap, you have a green zone in there, right? I would say the ideal time at any point is to get it on later on Thanksgiving day, the day after Thanksgiving, that Saturday or that Sunday. Okay. So we're pretty close, but I think it should be outlawed on Thanksgiving. You should be watching football on Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. During the day until later on the day, then that, that is the absolute earliest. So for me, there's no way Christmas decorations are going up on Thursday. I'm just, I'm, I'm eating food and being miserable the rest of the so day. So you're allowing some people to not be football fans. Correct. What you're saying. Correct. Well, All right. or you can, it's, you could have a football game on while watching. And plus that it's mostly the NFL. So I just don't, that's give a good her, point. I don't give a rip. Friday, there's no way it's going to happen because Black Friday is a thing now where Iowa and Nebraska plays. So oh, I'm definitely going to be wrapped up in that. Saturday, then, is college football Saturday. That's going to be rivalries, Michigan, Ohio State. You're not going to get much out of me. So probably the days I'm going to put up uh, decorations are potentially late Thursday, but it's probably going to be Sunday. Yeah, you, you just convinced me. I was going to say Black Friday is the earliest, but I'll let I'll let Thursday happen. Yeah. Um. Now, what about taking them down, though? I I swear to God, I try to take them down on January second every single year. Wow, I'm proud of you. Yeah, it, it's they're down. They get down quick. So I that's how I feel it should be done. But I'm gonna give a buffer zone. January seventh yes. is the last day you can have them up. Now, what about? I would say I would say seventh or eighth. So the the weekend after New Year's. Yes. Okay. You got to we- get yeah. her done. Okay. Yep. So it could be a little, you know, depending on where the yep. the days fall. Yep. Okay. What about Christmas music? When yeah. can you start? When can radio stations Grocery stores, et cetera, start playing Christmas music. Not till the day after Thanksgiving. I agree. The, I mean, just putting Christmas decorations out, like they'll, they'll start being up after Halloween now. You'll already see them up right. now. I mean, Home Depot, oh my God, they have it up insanely early. I would push it back a little further. It's got to be at least December, I think, to start hearing the music. Yeah. And That's it's got to start, it's got to stop after January 1. That's it. 100%. Yeah, it's yeah. too much. Yeah, it's too much. Okay. Last question here. Yeah, we kept this one last. Yeah. Yeah, we thought this was good. Almost forgot about this one. At Matt underscore Hummel, H-U-M-L. How many Big Ten West teams would win the division if Justin Fields was their quarterback? I mean, that's good. Oh, God, it's juicy. So I'm going to expand this out to just the whole Big Ten. You okay with that? You're going that far? Okay. I I didn't do that much research. But, I mean, I bet you could figure it out pretty quick, too, if you went at it. I mean, I feel like right now... Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa all have a chance to win the division as is. So definitely, I would say they would win the division with Justin Absolutely. Um, and by the way, can you just give me a minute to oh, think about how great it would be oh, Lord. with a mobile quarterback that's that accurate oh, man. running Iowa's offense? Running Wisconsin's offense. We've said for years, like, wow. I mean, they had the one year with uh, uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. And that many people think that's one of the best Wisconsin teams of all time. Sure. I think Justin Fields, I'm going to make a bold statement here. I think he's better. I think he's a little better than Russell Wilson. 
So, and then Minnesota would be the same way. I mean, all three of those teams with that quarterback would be destructive to me. Let's stay in the and, West, though. Okay, yeah, stay in the West. I mean, can you see Illinois winning with him? The, winning the West. I'm debating it, is my point. I'm, I'm debating it. it, too, but I'm going to say no. I I might be a no, but I'm a, I'm, an, I'm a very light no. I mean, I am right on the fence with Illinois. I guess if their defense had been playing like this from the start, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, already racking but there up. Was a, I mean, the thing is, is when the play breaks down, the plays that he makes, either scrambling to keep the play alive and throwing it or just – Picking up seven yards, whereas you would have gotten a sack for negative three. Sure. Now, I just here, cannot express how big of a deal that is. But here's another thing to keep in mind is he might I'll, be dead by now. He's going to be getting hit a lot more on most of these <laughs> yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah. So I guess this is the assumption. We are, we are assuming he's healthier. He's going to stay healthy. Yeah. Purdue. I don't think it would make much of a difference. I don't think I, I don't think. Because I still either. don't think there's any threat of running the ball. They would be I take They'd, that back. They would be. They would have more wins on. Oh on, yeah, on the resume, absolutely. But I don't think they would win the West. Northwestern, I don't think so. I, I, I still think there would be extreme issues just him not having open athletes right. to throw to. But I'm gonna tell you this one thing, brother. That offense is gonna look <laughs> a lot higher. We, you never really know how much better an offense would look with a completely dominant quarterback. So. With that defense, with Northwestern, I don't know, man. I that might I thought be the about most it. Interesting team. It to probably think about is because there's they're 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 so broken on offense, uh, you know, athletically. So, but yet they were still in games versus yeah, you know, Nebraska. Um, they were in the game versus Wisconsin. You yeah. look back now and you're like, that's true. I mean, I, Iowa was only ten nothing at halftime. You're trying to tell me Justin Fields would have seven points on the board to make that an interesting game? Yeah. Think about Northwestern with Justin Fields. Oh, boy. Are be, you a definite no? no? I'm not a definite no. No. It's right on the line. Okay. And then Nebraska might be the most intriguing team because they have a Justin Fields light in Adrian I know. Martinez. That's that's the thing that gives me pause is they've they've got this kind of quarterback, not to the same level. Granted, he's banged up. But how much m- more would it help them? How much better would they be if they stepped it up a level? I mean, I feel so like so you agree Justin Fields is a step up level from Adrian Martinez. Oh yeah, okay, of course. I mean, coming into the year, that wasn't a no definite answer. I would have guessed. And my, and here's the one thing I would say with that is, if you took Adrian Martinez and put him on Ohio State, tell me what you think. I, they still win the Big Ten. Okay, how 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 much better would Adrian Martinez look on Ohio State's team right? Now? Oh, he'd look so much okay. better. Okay, so that is. That's the only brain teaser I throw yeah. out there is if you flip flop, sure. I think Adrian Martinez would look. I mean, this was like the fifth or sixth ranked uh, uh, dual threat quarterback in that draft in that class yeah. behind Justin Fields at one. By the way, um, I don't know that it is unique to me. Like the problem is Nebraska still has issues on offensive line. I know, Justin so he'd Fields. be running for his life a little bit. Yeah, but it would I open would everything. I would give the nod to Nebraska win the division. Uh, you have the chance to win. I will, I think so. I'm going to I'm going to put Nebraska in that in that group too. I'm going to yeah. put them in with Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, and Nebraska. Those are the four that I think would win it. Yeah. With North Illinois and Illinois right on the line. Yeah. But I don't think Purdue. I just because of the absolute But then you think of their receivers. I know it. That's true. You know, know it's it. a good point. Like I don't know, man. Like you 
Like he's your running back. Yeah. And then you've got the receivers. Still, you got a bad offensive line, but yeah, he can make so much happen even when he's not getting great blocking. Right. right. Maybe you. Is it all seven? I don't know. It could be. I don't know. It could be. It's debatable, and that's why it's a good So let's question. go with the East. Sorry. He's not good enough to save Rutgers. No. I mean, that, that is a given. I don't think he's saving Maryland. Nope. They just front seven and offensive line. I just he'd be he could he'd be dead. I mean, he'd be dead just like they've the <laughs> right. quarterbacks have died. Um, Indiana. It's interesting. Now, now we got to you know, the other thing is we're taking we're taking just we're taking Justin Fields off of Ohio right. State. Um, I don't Let's just assume. See, this is the unfair part. Is it's Ohio is, State, right? Like, okay, would Penn State beat Ohio State if they had Justin Fields? I mean, Sean Clifford is nothing to sneeze at. He's pretty good already, right? But what about Michigan? I think Michigan's a lot better with Justin Fields. They really, they really would be. And dude, Michigan State, all of a sudden you give them an offense to pair with that defense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fun exercise, man. It's a fun man. exercise, man. That, that was, was a great question. So, great question, Matt yeah. underscore Hummel. Yeah, that was the question. That was the winner, the best question. You, winner you right won. there. You won. Yeah. That's that's all of them. All right. Uh, so we got through the mailbag. Very much appreciate the questions again. Hopefully we can do that again in the off offseason. Um, last thing, and then we'll get on to our light slate of games. But I uh, hate to give the guy a little bit of credit, but Brett McMurphy did some research, apparently talked to – Every coach in Division One, and figured out who their favorite band or musical performer is. Yeah, Brett's a weasel, but this is actually pretty fun. This is actually a pretty good list. So obviously, we're just going to focus on the Big Ten. So first up, Jim Delaney, the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, which makes well, sense. I mean, he's, he's the, the boss. boss. So yeah, got to go with that, right? Okay, I could see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that for Jim. There you go. All right, so we're just going to go by. Alphabetical order here. That's how they have sure. them listed. So, your boy, Lovey Smith, George Clinton. Isn't that perfect? That is awesome. Could you choose Just a better put, one? Put a little bit more, you know, different colored uh, uh, decorations on yeah. him, on his beard or whatever. He's George Clinton. He, he. <laughs> I mean, he's got the beard going for him. I knew he was a funkadelic guy, just yeah. like a P-Funk type of guy. Yeah. But I didn't realize that George Clinton was his, his favorite. But so I am all on board. Should calling him Atomic Dog? Okay. I I'm, like it. I'm, I'm down with that it. That might be my favorite one on this whole list, by right. the way. Tom Allen, Indiana. Mercy Me. No clue who that is. All I have to say about it is that, that is Mercy Me. No idea what that is. But <laughs> you stole your catchphrase. I don't believe it. He, now, his favorite's Johnny Cash. It's got to be. Yeah. He's, he's right. a Johnny Cash guy. Okay, Kirk Ferentz, Pat Green. Don't most, know who that is. Most people wouldn't, but I'm just going to explain this out. Pat Green is the one who sings the song when you're turning around and waving at the kids in the hospital. Come on. That, I, Stop. Here's Let me explain this. Kirk Ferentz has no favorite music. He, yes, he old, does. The, okay, yes, he does. But you know, what he, you know what he does? He does the thing that makes the most sense, which is how he of does things. So he's going to – he probably has met Pat Green – He's so what he what does he do? He's like, well, I'm not going to offend my friend by not listing him. So I'll just list Pat. Green. You know what I have to you say? Know, he's a wet blanket for not answering the question. He's an old he country. Answered, he answered the question. He's an old country. guy. Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings, Willie know. Nelson, Pennsylvania guy. I don't I don't know if I he's old country. I don't think so. All right. Next up locks Maryland citizen cope. I don't know what that is either, that is. but I don't believe it for a second uh, with the. <laughs> With the chaos that you see in Maryland right now with their team, you, you think of punk music doesn't have to be tight. Like it doesn't, you don't have to be good at playing guitar. You don't have to right. be good at, 
He's a punk guy. He's got to be. Okay. Iggy Pop, the Ramones, yeah. you know, the Clash. Something that's because it's that's just chaos. Easy. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Jim Harbaugh, khaki pants, coming in with Bob Marley. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> Can you sit, see him sitting there smoking a big spliff and listening to Bob Marley? <laughs> so you're you're not buying any of these? No, you, th- he, you think they're you think like the uh, the PR people have answered these for him? Or yeah, I mean he's so awkward. The only the only band I can think of that's as awkward as him is the Talking Heads. Okay. He's a Talking Heads fan. <laughs> this is good, man. I, you put more thought into this than I did. I like it. Uh, Mark D'Antonio, Eric Church. Wrong. He, he's a Nickelback <laughs> fan, but he, he'd never admit it. <laughs> oh, man, that's bad. All right. BJ Fleck, Bolt Boy, coming in with country singer Jason Aldean. You know, I, I'm. I think big green I, tractor. I think bro country is the lowest form of music there is. Yeah, he's. I don't see him as a bro country guy though. Okay, it, it surprised a lot of people that he had a country music. Artist. But I, I see Chicago guy coming in with Jason. Yeah, Aldean. boy, I didn't even think about the Chicago yeah. connection. But yeah. I was gonna say Imagine Dragons. Okay, because they that appe- does seem about right. Yeah, yeah, good, but a bit douchey. Uh, yeah, and That's just perfect. kind of mass appeal. You yeah. know, that's what he's going for. <laughs> I like it. Scott Frost, the Casey Donahue band? I don't know what that is either. I have no idea. What he should be is 311. They're from Omaha. That's that's a good point. Come they, on, Scott Frost. And 311, good band. But I was going to say, I'm going a little different direction here. He's a Pearl Jam fan. Do you want to know why? Because he's a mumbler. You know, you can never understand what that guy's saying, right? It's good. It's good. Pat Fitzgerald, Kenny Chesney. Mm, no, no, he's he's a Jack Rock guy. <laughs> Did you remember this, Gerald? Yeah, because because he's such a jock. Like that's all. Okay. That's all. But the, and, and they both came to fame in the mid '90s. Yeah, that's right. He's got the whole all twelve CDs or whatever they were. All right. James Franklin, Jay Z. That, that's that one gonna fit? That's gonna work? You know where I'm going with this? He's not a Jay Z fan. Okay. That's not true at all. He's an Aerosmith fan. Okay. Now, now bear with me here because Aerosmith is good, but they're not Zeppelin and they're not the Stones. Ooh. Okay. Zinger. I mean, I like I like Aerosmith. Yeah, okay. Solid. It's not an insult, yeah. but it's not Zeppelin. Sweet Emotion, favorite Aerosmith song. Killer tune, man. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we got three more. Jeff Brome going with Toby Keith. Okay, Jeff Brom. I'm looking for him on my list Jeff, here. Oh my god, I did it again. Jeff Brom. You did. I did. Sorry. Oh well. Toby okay. Keith. I he he's a he's a demigod, right? Yeah. So it's got to be some sort of godly music. What's yeah. the closest? To, I'm not thinking like you know Queensrÿche. Oh, that's not bad. But I was gonna go with something like classical music, either Mozart or Beethoven. Yeah. And to me, Ludwig van's the best. Okay. So I'm going Ludwig so van. Jeff Rom, Ludwig van. Beethoven. Okay. Nunzio Campanelli, Rutgers, Jersey guy, Billy Joel. There's nothing you can change about that. Yeah, he's a Sinatra guy. You think more Sinatra? Sinatra. So yeah. Billy Joel, not Jersey enough. He needed to go deep. It's not his in. favorite. That's his deep cut okay. band. Like he, his standard every day is Sinatra. Okay. All right. His backup is Billy Joel. Uptown Girl, probably my favorite Billy Joel song. Really? Yeah, I'm just mm. going to admit, yeah. Okay, Paul Christ, I mean, I don't know who this is, Phil Vassar. I've heard of it. He's a, isn't he a country guy? No clue. Well, it's not his favorite band. Yanni. 
And, and he listens to the spa music channel on, on Sirius XM. <laughs> Something that soothes and possibly puts you to sleep. Possibly. <laughs> so we didn't get Ryan Day? There is no Ryan Day? Oh, oh I did. I skipped over Ryan Day. I'm sorry. I. You know what it was? Ryan Day, Pat's for Gerald, both had Kenny Chesney. I lumped them together. So what What do we got for Ryan well, Day? Well, I think Ryan Day is kind of cool. Yeah. Right? He's suave. Yeah. I was going to go Beck. Like yeah, it's it's Beck. actually cool. Like, yeah. it's cool music, right? Oh, dude, Beck is... I love Beck. Definitely in my top ten, maybe my top five. Yeah. yeah. He, he's damn good. All right. Is that all of them? That is that is all of them. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Ryan Day. Almost skipped you over. Well, I'm glad, that, Beck fan now. glad I could correct all, all of those. <laughs> and I'm glad we did it, because... You put way more thought into that than me. Thank you very much, Big Kurt. All right. Should we get into some games? Hmm. Oh, we have games? We yeah, do have games. let's do that. We do have games. All right. First up, this is, uh, this is an interesting one. My wife's pumpkin display on our front step versus the community of squirrels near our house. I don't uh, have the, that one on my list. Here. The community of squirrels. They're a heavy 41-point favorite. Over under on my wife's mini temper tantrum set at 3.5. What do you got? So I'm kind of the – I go opposite of, like, the Michigan State total. I always go under. Yeah. Wife tantrum, you always go over. Definitely go over. Yeah. Probably crazy that Vegas set it that low. Um, I I just – every every fall, I see her get excited. She loves fall colors. She loves decorating. I'm not going to take that away from her. I mean, it, I'm a fall it's guy. A, it's a cheap – it's a cheap decorative thing, you know, go for it. But every time I'm like, you know, those squirrels are going to go ahead. And I think she maybe somehow picked out the tastiest pumpkins that she possibly could have because those things have been murdered by Well, you can't possibly put, you know, fresh vegetables out for it where you live. I mean, it's there's a community of squirrels. It's They're everywhere. Like if you put a – you, you know what I just thought about? What I was going to say is if you put a fresh piece of meat out, you know, so, something's going to come and take it. Yeah. Just today, uh, often from home, looking out my window, a fox just ran right through my front yard. Yeah. Pretty cool. They're they're everywhere by my house, too. Maybe going to nibble on the squirrel that Who was just nibbling ate, on yeah. the pumpkin. So, All right. So let's get into some actual games. These all take place on Saturday, November 2nd. We have four games. That's right. Four games. Why? Because the following teams are idle this week. Number three, Ohio State. Number five, Penn State. Number 13, Minnesota. Number 18, Wisconsin. Number 19, Iowa. And Michigan State. All idle this week. Wow. That's got to be some kind of record for a conference having that many teams idle, correct? You said six, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. I, I, eight, eight teams playing, four games. Right. Six teams idle, with five of them being ranked? That's that, amazing. That's got to be some sort of record. That is. For any yes. Yeah, I tried to look into it really quick. Well, there's no way you could find that's, that's got to be impossible. impossible. Yeah. yeah, so crazy. Um, and then one of the things I just thought pointed out that was interesting is technically speaking, we've gotten into November, every team is alive for a bowl. That's true. Technically speaking. That's true. We're yep. going to start seeing teams getting taken out of bowl Likely contention this, this week. weekend. Yeah. Uh, one of them that was taken out, you know, theoretically, you know, realistically a long time ago. But, well, I think that's something that starts playing in as, as time goes. So, first up, number 14, Michigan, traveling to the Shell to take on the Maryland Terrapins. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on ABC. It's the ABC game. 
Wolverines by 21 over under 55.5. Michigan yards per play differential positive 1.4. Maryland negative 0.8. Michigan is 7-1 overall in this series with zero ties. They're 4-1 since Maryland joined the Big Ten. They played three times pre-Big Ten. Of course, there was a 1985 matchup that ended up being a 20 to nothing blanking. Bo Schembechler beat Bobby Ross. Oh, wow. Remember that? Lions coach at some point, right? Yeah, and, and Georgia Tech. Okay. And the Chargers. Wow. Huh. So Bobby Ross, yeah. Who knew? And then 1989 and 1990, they also played. Michigan won all three of those, and all three in Ann Arbor. Really? Hmm. Okay. What do you know about that? Yeah. So uh, Michigan has caught some fire. Maryland looks like they caught an illness. <laughs> um, they have or they lo- caught on fire. <laughs> yeah. So they've lost four of their last five with the one win in that time frame coming over Rutgers. Um, this line opened at 17 points. Yeah. The second I saw the early lines coming through the Twitter sphere, I immediately started texting my personal finance helper yeah. and said, as Your retirement see, planner. Yeah. As soon as that Michigan line is ready to go, I'm ready to go right. to use it. By the time I got it, it would swelled up to 19 points. Okay. That's still not bad, though. Still not bad. It currently rests at 21. So, obviously, that thing has been moving up, up, and up. It looks like it's kind of stat now at 21, three touchdowns. I, I kept trying to critique this. Like, why did it start that low? Because me... And you and a friend, well, we, we we were texting behind the scenes. Like I was trying to predict the lines. I was pretty close, except for this one. I was a whole touchdown off. I yeah. thought this would be closer to like twenty four points. Well, but don't you think it's because they're coming off of two pretty big games okay. and a huge win, emotional win? Yeah, maybe I mean Penn just, State, Notre Dame, back to back. Yep, that but, is a thing. Another thing is Michigan at home and Michigan away is an issue. Yeah, at Wisconsin. <laughs> Right, plays into but this. basically, since the Wisconsin game, State, even though they played tough, yeah, but since the Wisconsin game, their defense is totally tightened up, right? And their offense looks a lot better. And since the midpoint of the Penn State game, their offense looks great. Okay, I feel like this team's pointed up, which is yep, yeah, again, weird that it opened that yeah. low. Yeah, um, I, I just, I don't know, I don't know why it opened that low. You do bring up good points with the. Potential sleepiness of an 11 o'clock game. The potential yawning, we're going to kill these guys. The one thing I would say is that that defense will travel. Um, Yes. I can't shake the Maryland versus Penn State score from my head completely. I don't think Maryland has gotten any better since that game. I mean, the only... Maryland keeps getting worse, let's be honest. They got absolutely destroyed by uh, Minnesota this past weekend, not to besmirch minnesota the point i'm trying to make is anytime they go up against a team that seems to take their job seriously along the lines so a good offensive line or yep. defensive line team they just get demoralized yes what do we got with michigan <laughs> we've got a pretty good front seven well and you're in, gonna, a, in an offensive line that's gelling and I, maryland has a horrible pass defense so shea patterson should be able to throw on these guys they'll be able to run too it's gonna be a nice balanced attack they they they're going to be able to basically take what they want in offense, I think, compared to what they're used to. I mean, I could maybe, I guess, see this being a better game than you might think it is at, well, like, half. Right. I think they could come out sluggish. Yeah. 
it could take a little while, but they're going to run but away with this. And then it feels like a 21 to 10 game at halftime. You're already halfway to the bed. I mean, Vegas is basically telling you this is a 38 to 17 game. Do you think the Maryland offense that just couldn't do a single thing last week versus Minnesota really against any defense with a pulse is going to put up more? Do you think they'll put up 17 points? If Josh Jackson's playing, he's still going to be rusty, right? Yep. Probably and now no. going against no. Don Brown coach defense. No, probably yeah. no. All right. He's going to get frightened and confused by all the, the 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 blitzing and the packages and the and the the dis- disguising of packages. No, they're not going to score seventeen. I I I don't see him scoring seventeen. I uh, can definitely see Michigan maybe not going way over 38, 40 points, but regardless. <laughs> I really like Michigan to cover the 21, and if you put it up against me, I would say under 55 because I think there is a potential that this game will just be like 41 to 10. Yeah, so I, I don't feel great. I would I would have loved to get the 19, but I didn't. I don't feel great about the 21, but still three scores. I think they can do that. If I had to choose, I would go Michigan minus the 21, and I feel like I like the under 55 and a half. Now, khaki pants is 4-0 straight up and 4-0 against the spread versus Maryland in this time at Michigan. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good to go? The other thing about Maryland is they're not going to a bowl. No. Let's be honest. We said everyone's eligible still for a bowl, but they got nothing to play for, and Michigan's got a ton to play for still. They're 3-5 and right now, so technically they only need three more wins to get to a bowl. Not going to happen. I just don't see it. No. I mean, it just looks like a team that's just – Wants to get to the offseason. Yeah, they can't wait for 2020. Pretty much. All right. So there's actually two 11 o'clock games. We're going to save the other 11 o'clock game to the end here. So moving on to our one. That's right. Our singular afternoon game. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights traveling into the land of Lincoln to play the Illinois Fighting Illini. This is a 2.30 p.m. game on Big Ten Network. Illini by 20.5. Over under 51. All right. Yards per play differential for Rutgers, negative 1.7. For Illinois, negative 0.7. Now, this is not a trophy game. However, it has been proposed by Illini fans, I think, exclusively, to have a Illinutgers trophy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a thing on Twitter. If you follow a lot of Illini people, Illinutgers is a thing. No! yes it is so illinois is three and two overall pre-big 10 they've split one and one zucker's first game ever in 2005 illinois won 33 to 30 zook over shiano that's really okay that's the first time they were played they played again in 2006 now illinois was a three-point favorite at rutgers that day i bet heavily on rutgers that day Rutgers won 33 to nothing really? as a three-point dog. Ouch. Yes. Okay. Way to go, Big Kurt. Cashed in that day. But now, it's the year 2019. Uh, technically speaking, Rutgers is still playing for a bowl at 2-6. and six. They have not been eliminated. Realistically speaking, Illinois is playing for a bowl at 4-4. Four and four. So, at 20 and a, and a hook, we'll call it 21 and... Over under at 51. Vegas is basically saying this is a 35 to 14 game. Uh, do you think Rutgers is going to put 14 points up on Illinois? So Rutgers looked, 
you know, good last week. But it was Liberty. it was their best game. Liberty. Against Liberty. The, now the, they got to travel all the way, almost all the way across the country to go into Illinois right. to play. Can't believe they're ex- exceedingly fired up to, to come play. Okay. The, the, like, to me, Rutgers is going to have to get off to a hellacious start to just well, stay th- in this game. They're going to need a few things, I think, to win this game. One is... Johnny Langan is a dual threat guy. And Nunzo, our guy, he's basically changed the offense. He wants to run the quarterback. Illinois is horrible at stopping the read option. If they're going to win this game, it's going to be on with the legs of Johnny Langan. Okay. But they're going to need a little more than that, I think, to win the game. They're going to need several turnovers. They're going to need big special teams plays, break a big play here or there on offense. They're going to need a little luck, I think. Um, they're not playing for anything. Illinois is playing for a lot. Very much. Illinois, the, 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 the aura around Illinois is as high as it's been definitely in the Lovey Smith era, but you have to go back quite a way to juice, the Zook juice era. Juice 1.0, I would say. Probably. Yeah. So, like, I think the... Speaking of Juice 2.0, is, is, has he been rumored to t- take a look at all? He's been really dinged up. He's still dinged up. Yeah, okay. he's okay. just been in and out of the lineup. He's appeared in two games, I think. Okay. Yeah, I, he's probably going to redshirt right. this year. But, no, they have a lot to play for. The crowd should be good. The fans are energized. They have not won three Big Ten games in a row since 2007. Wow. So, and, back to... Juice? Back to juice. Really? That was juice. Okay. And everyone is jacked. They want is that three, third. Is, is three a streak? Do you have to get to three? To I think it's be a three. Streak? Like two is just back to back. Yeah, right? that's just back so to back. So three is a streak. I think three is a yeah. streak. Okay. Yeah. Um, D's playing great, but the offense really needs to step up for Illinois in this yeah. game. Um, Rutgers has shown the ability to give up big plays on the ground. I think it would be there for Reggie Corbin and the crew. Um, when Illinois, like I want to see a more efficient day from the Illinois passing. Attack. That's exactly what just, I want to see just, too. Just, it always seems like the completion percentage, or at least it has been lately, even in the wins is way off. Yep. Give me something like a, a 14 of 19. Ah, oh, that'd be nice. Know, <laughs> yeah. 230 yards, two or three touchdowns, two or three touchdowns. Yeah. You throw a pick on a tip pass, whatever, yeah. but that's, that's what I'm looking at. That's what I would really like to see more than anything. Okay. I'd now, like, I'd like to see Brandon Peters continue to pull the ball and run a few more times, yep. but I want to see some efficiency in the passing game. Everything looks good for Illinois here, but mostly what I am nervous of is just I've seen my boy Big Kurt happy for two weeks in a row. I, I'm just I, I just I have these like nom like flashbacks, and I'm not even an Illinois fan. We're just like. All of a sudden, I'm going to turn it. I'm like, oh, God, Illinois turned the ball over three times, and they gave up a punt return. So you're, you're finally starting to understand the psyche of like, Illini fans. You're, this you're is in what, my brain. You're in my brain. That's how we feel every day of our lives. <sighs> I I just Every really, time something good starts to happen, it means something bad is about to happen. That's how we feel. So you, you're not mad at me for expressing no, this opinion? No, like, of course this not. This is what – so with that being said – I, can't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm on the I'm on the. Here's what this. I keep thinking. This is an historically bad Rutgers it team, is. an historically it is. bad Big Ten team. I think with the momentum Illinois has right now, I feel good that can they can win by three scores. Okay. I don't feel great about it, but I'm leaning towards Illinois covering the twenty and a half. 
I am going to take Rutgers in the points. Okay. I think Illinois wins the game. I think it's going to just be an ugly, not a lot of points on the field. I think Rutgers defense will play decent. Okay. Maybe get a turnover or two, but not have enough offensively to actually capitalize on it. The only thing that does make me nervous is the sudden dual threatness of Johnny Langdon. Sure. That that does scare me a little bit. And it would scare me to take the over to, to a certain degree, but I like the under 51 the most in this game. And I would take, because of that, I will take records in the points. Okay. Um, I'm also going under. Under. But I like Illinois. Okay. Uh, one more thing. Illinois, largest Big Ten favorite role since 2010. Wow. Whew. We got a lot of things that don't Mercy. happen very often. No. Happening in uh, Illini land. All right. One. That's right. One evening game, which is in November. It's a rarity. It's like. Yeah. Spot in a Sasquatch. Northwestern going in to uh, Bloomington, Indiana to take on the Hoosiers. This is a 6.30 p.m. game on FS1. Line Hoosiers by 11.5 over under 43.5. Okay, yards per play. Differential, Northwestern sitting at a negative 1.5. Indiana at a positive 0.8. Northwestern leads the overall series, believe it or not, 47 to 34 with one tie. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story here. In 1972 and 1973. 47 to 34, Northwestern leads this. Northwestern leads this series. That might be the most surprising series. I know. I mean, Indiana was a very competent football program during the 80s, 70s, 80s. Yeah. Northwestern was awful. Just, I. Does that not blow your mind a little I bit? I was surprised. Yeah. I thought Indiana would lead this. But I'm going to tell you a little story here. All right. 1972 and 1973, Northwestern won both head-to-head meetings between them and Indiana. John Pont, however, was the head coach and was only one and Four. one. Was only one and one in those games. We're gonna get there. John Pont was one and one in those two games. Northwestern won both. That's right. He, he was he was the IU here. coach in '72, and he lost to Northwestern. Flipped to Northwestern and beat IU the next year. Crazy. Yeah, so he coached IU from 65 to 72, was 1-5 and five in this series. Then flipped to Northwestern from 73 to 77, was 3-2 and two in this series. That's crazy. Isn't that awesome? That's fine, man. Yeah, thanks. That's good stuff. All right. Um, so the Hoosiers, it is November 2nd. They're already bowl eligible, Yeah, which is not to be understated on how big of a deal that is so they're feeling loose they're they feeling, feeling good loose. they're yep. feeling confident like right now the the pressure is off yeah They've no pressure pretty much already met their goal which was tom allen said hey no our goal is to win the bowl win the bowl okay he's like getting to a bowl is a minimum i'm like you haven't been reading the minimum but <laughs> okay winning the bowl that's their goal yep. but they they have the chance to do it technically speaking Northwestern is still fighting for a bowl at one and six. If you look at the rest of their schedule, mm-hmm. it is not inconceivable. Okay. Like Rutgers is inconceivable yes. for them making a bowl. Um, I will shave my head and run around my house on video and put it on Twitter if Rutgers makes a bowl. Nude, of course. Nude. Yes. Wouldn't do the same with Northwestern. Okay. Wow. You're really going to go there, huh? Well, I'm not saying they would i'm just saying there's you're just not gonna say you would do that right it is it is a step or two up from Rutgers to make a ball okay does that does that make sense yeah i guess i would 
choose Northwestern making a bowl over Rutgers, but right. I still don't feel no. Like but it's... if you win this game, right? You win this game, it's not inconceivable. They could have a streak going on. I mean, dude, they got UMass still on the schedule. That's here. true. I so forget about not, that. I mean, they've got an auto win. So, and, and Pat Fitzgerald, I mean, we, we we can't completely toss out the Fitzy effect on things. Like, these guys no, are, some... not, are not going to quit playing hard. They no. have a defense that is going to show up and play all year long. Did you know what, though? If you look statistically at these two defenses, okay, S&P plus, the Northwestern's like 13 and Indiana, I think, is 42 or something like that. But if you look at, at the, the scoring defense – and the yards per game defense, they're very close. Very close. Yeah. Okay. All These right. teams are – Indiana, I maybe have not been giving their defense enough credit this year. Okay. Oh, all right. So let's let's go there because I feel like there are Hoosier lines aplenty mm-hmm. with this. Uh, so let's look at Indiana's defense versus EIU, UConn, and Rutgers. They, they averaged one point a game. Yes, they gave up a field goal along with two shutouts to average one point a game okay. in those games. Okay. All right. So basically they've averaged a shutout versus those three teams versus Ball State, Michigan State, Maryland, and Nebraska. They've given up an average of 31 points okay. a game. So I think that kind of tells the story there, doesn't it? What does, but, what's, no, no, it does? What story does it tell? I can't figure. Oh, it's, that their defense is not as good as I just said. Okay, but has the ability to shut down bad offenses. So now this is a bad in, offense. Okay, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, I'd say very good. There are three teams they've played cuz I by the way, I took Ohio State out. They don't count. Yeah, they don't count that's, at all. We just throw them out. It doesn't count when you're playing an NFL team. So, so this is what's intriguing to me. This whole thing is a Hoosier line. Indiana's defense dominated and their offense does what it typically does. Yeah. In those wins over bad teams, right? Uh but their defense couldn't stop hardly anything against teams with a pulse. Northwestern's offense has not had a pulse. No pulse. This year. So could we be looking at the Indiana Hoosier team, and they get to play at home too, that look like they did versus UConn? Where it winds up being a 30-0, to 30-3 game. I mean, certainly. I, I I don't put anything past this Northwestern offense. They're they're inept. Okay. I mean, they're... they're... Let's go to that Northwestern offense. Okay. The defenses they've gone against. Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Iowa, every one of those teams is in the S&P top 10. Sure. <laughs> Point I'm trying to make, nobody's offense would have as high as stats. Oklahoma's offense would not have as high as stats if they've gone against Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Iowa. Okay, but they and, haven't. And even Stanford at the time had a better defense at, at that time. Now, It I, was week one. It was week one. And so... I'm just trying to play. I'm just trying to stir the pot here a little bit. Like I think there might be a little bit more intrigue to this game than when I first looked at it. Maybe you're bringing up some good points, but I still I think I use defense is good enough to. I mean, okay, uh, how many points do you think Northwestern is going to score this game? Vegas with the line again, eleven and a eleven and a hook, forty three and a hook for the over under. They're saying twenty seven to sixteen, which by the way sounds exactly like a Northwestern. It does sound game. like. Yeah, I could see 16. I was thinking yeah. more like 14, but yeah. Okay. okay. So looking more at this, um, I, I like the under a great deal. I just don't see a lot of points being scored here. Mm. Um, I think Northwestern's offense was a little bit closer 
to doing some things against the Iowa's defense upon second viewing of that game. They they did move the ball a little. They just they just imploded the second they got close to the red zone. But that's what they do. That is what they do. I hear you. But I just got this sneaking suspicion they're a little bit closer to being okay <laughs> on offense than we think. Okay. I, so, I, I read a stat today. Yeah. Teddy Greenstein threw, out, threw this out there. He's going to do a little. Is it p- Greenstein or Greenstein? Well, it's Greenstein. That's how he says it. Yeah, that's how he says it. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I always thought Teddy Greenstein. I think it's Greenstein. Okay. Anyway, there ha- of the 50 longest passing plays in the conference this year, Northwestern has zero of them. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> yes. That's bad. I believe. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's all right. See, it's funny. I was all geared up, and then you just, like, stopped me in my tracks right there. They have that. no explosiveness they do not to have, their offense. It, on, they have no explosiveness overall, but there's – it is the shockingly lack of explosiveness in the passing game that that really turns this into a right. historically mediocre or bad offense. And to your points, Northwestern, by Sagarin ratings, has played the toughest schedule in the country. Okay. So that's a thing, too. It is kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like... But, so, I mean, for me, the thing that I... Really like is the under. Huh. That's right. I'm going to take the under 43.5. Don't love it. Wish it was closer to like 13 or 14, but I'm going to be a little bit crazy, and I'm going to take Northwestern plus the 11 and a half. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm going the other way. I'm feeling good about Indiana right now. Okay. I- I'm riding a high. Um, maybe I'm crazy. I hope I don't mush, but I'm going Indiana minus the 11 and a half, and I'm going with the over, baby. You're going over, so we're opposite yeah. here. Okay. I-, I-, I think they're going to – Northwestern doesn't have much to play for. Indiana, they, but, but I do. I do think Northwestern has something to play for. I don't think it's as dead in the water. I, I again, I want to make sure I'm reiterating. I don't think they're going to make a bowl. I just don't think it's as DOA as what we're looking making it out. To Maybe be. not. Okay. So since 2008, we've been monitoring this for a while now. Northwestern now 12 and two against the spread as a double digit road dog. Okay. All right. So that gets us to the Nebraska traveling into West Lafayette to take on the Purdue Boilermakers. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game. This is the Fox game at 11 a.m., a.k.a. noon. Cornhuskers by three over under 58. What do you got? Yards per play differential Nebraska at a positive 0.3 Purdue at a negative 0.7 Nebraska owns the lead in the overall series four to three they only played one time pre-big 10 it was 1958 Purdue blanked the Huskers 28 to nothing however their first big 10 meeting 2013 44 to seven got some payback Pelini put the smack down on Daryl Hazel Oof. all right uh Purdue they they really need this win. They are on the northwestern line in order to get to a bowl. Right. They're about equal, I would say. Yeah. Two and six. They got to win out in order to make a bowl. Oof. Yeah. Not looking good. Not no, looking good sir. Not looking good at uh, all. Nebraska theoretically needs this. They're at four and four. If you look at the rest of their schedule, they've still got a couple tough uh, games on and a the couple schedule, real but winnable. Maryland, but Maryland. Yep. But this is if they lose this game, the probably the chore of making a bowl will be much harder. Yeah, I don't, I think they need this one 
to make a bowl game. Right. So I think they're going to be playing their asses off. I would think so. But have you seen a Jeff Brom team not play its ass off either? No. I mean, you're not going to get a laissez-faire Purdue team. Well, they didn't seem to want to be there last week, but... I think it's going to be a little different. Yeah. The conditions are going to be fine, by they the way. They look like, I, I, this is one of them where I kept looking at the weather conditions. Me too. Because now I'm, 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 I keep thinking about how Purdue looked in the, in the muck and how much that killed their offense. But it looks like it's going to be pretty good yep. in uh, West Lafayette. So with uh, the Cornhuskers favored by three and the over-under all the way up at 58, they're saying this is going to be a shootout, something like, 30 to 27, 31 27 type of game. It's kind of the game I'm expecting. Expecting as well. Absolutely. We got might probably going to get screwed out of our Rondale versus Wandale, which is what Oh, yeah. Because it doesn't look like Rondale Moore. I don't think so. I don't know. He's probably not going to play the rest of the year, is he? I asked around on Twitter, but Jeff Brom just, he doesn't give it away, doesn't give the info away. So, I mean, I. And we got uh, questions of plenty. I mean, we do we think Adrian Martinez is going to play? Yes, I think I think so. he will, but but, but again, don't listen mark. don't listen to me cuz I have no idea. Right. Um my question, where is the psyche of the Nebraska locker room right now? Yeah. Like are they wearing hoodies? Yeah. And yeah, what are they, they are practice, they they practice out in the cold today. I want you to know. Okay. Yeah, there's a thing. So do you think they'll be allowed to wear hoodies pregame? I don't know. I don't know. And I know but there it, seems to be what I'm trying to get yeah. at. There's a lot of stuff going on there right is. now. There's, so they need it, this. I feel like they're going to be jacked up, but at the same time, I don't know. Yeah. Another question. question. Another question I had is after this game is over, should Nebraska lose this game? What will be the fighting between Nebraska and Purdue fans after this game? Because Nebraska fought with Hoosier fans all oh my week God. long after the the Gopher the, fans. Gopher fans all year long. I mean they. Iowa, Nebraska, Always. Twitter never really never ends. sets down. Um, uh, and and by the way, I mean we could chime in on that real quick. Uh, I was gonna say, will Purdue seemingly have a guy or two laying on the turf a couple times oh, during this game? Maybe it happened last week. It did versus Indiana. The one thing I would say is the one guy that went down twice was the coach's son. Right, he's out for the season. He's with out with a dislocated shoulder, and I don't know if this like actually is going to explain it away at all but if you're hurt right if you're hurt and a team is running a a uh, no huddle offense you are taught to hit the turf because okay if you, you if you limp off the field you're giving the other team a chance to run the play okay but he was coming onto the field if you're coming onto the field he was you, coming onto the field and he was running just fine and collapsed then that's BS. He, it was BS. Okay. There's no doubt it was BS. I would say that's BS. Yeah. Um, then uh, then after the game, uh, Tom Allen and the AD, I think it seemed like it it's was Fred Glass, yeah. from the AD saying, oh, we, we had this circled on our schedule. Right. I'm kind of on the fence on that one. I mean, basically what it was with Scott Frost was saying, why do we play Ohio State every year? We should play a different team every now and then like Indiana. That is... I it's mean, a slight. I, you, you gotta you gotta watch that stuff. Like, you do that stuff is going to get out from Big Ten Media Days and wind up in a in a bulletin board. Well, I think that um, if nothing else, Scott Frost he's learning a lot of lessons this year about being a head coach and things you can say and can't say. It's it's like being a politician, right? You really got to watch everything you say. 
It's a good point. Yeah. yeah. A little bit different in uh, Lincoln than it was down in Orlando. At, at <laughs> a little bit more scrutiny. Yeah. All right. So back to the game. Um, very interesting game to me. I mean, I we didn't really discuss it, but to me, this is the Big Ten game of the week simply because I, you feel you could see anybody it's winning. It's going to be a good game. This game. It's it going to be an awesome. It should game. be. A shootout. You've got two offensive minds, obviously, in Brom and Frost that want to put their offenses on display. Uh, one player that Purdue has that I'm not sure Nebraska really has on their side is George Kalafkins. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering what type of havoc he could wreak. He could wreak game. some havoc yeah. on that offensive line yeah. of Nebraska for sure. So I think Jake Plummer here, Jack, I'm sorry, Jack Plummer here. It, I think he's going to have a bounce back week. I mean, Nebraska is a little susceptible to the pass. I think he's going to throw the ball. They're going to score their points through the air. Yeah. It's just how many. Right. And can Nebraska limit that? What I find a little bit interesting is lost in the in the loss last week for uh, Nebraska is it seemed to me that they came into that game with the intent of not letting Stevie Scott shut them down or to run all over them. Okay. They did a good job. Yeah. Indiana could not run the ball. Uh, Indiana got into a ton of second and third and long. So the defense did its job on first and second down. They could not get off the field on third and fourth down. So, but now on this game, will they switch it back around and understand that throwing the ball is what Purdue can, can do. Does Nebraska's defense in that sense, if they focus on, shutting down Nebraska's uh, or if Nebraska's defense focuses on shutting down Purdue's passing game, do you think they have the ponies to do so? No, they got some good corners. They do have good corners, but I, you know, Brom uses so many smoke and mirrors. Like, like he hides that offensive line, that bad offensive line so well, he's going to get his points. He's going to get his yards through the air. Okay. Flipping around to the other side. Okay. So, Nebraska, Nebraska offense, points. Purdue's defense is not good. No, I mean they're, they're going to get their points too. Did has Purdue's defense been playing a little bit better? Do you think? I don't think so. No. Okay. No. Okay. I mean the I watched the Illinois game two or three times, and their de, their front seven got dominated by the Illini offensive line. Okay. I would say I don't know Illinois' offensive line probably a little bit better than Nebraska's. So I don't know that Nebraska can can do quite that, but I yeah. think they'll they'll get their points. They'll get their yards. But I think all these points we're bringing up, which is there's just so many question marks in this game. Very excited to watch this game because I have no idea what's going to start happening. I'm ex- I'm expecting craziness. That's what I'm expecting yes, in this game. Like for sure. anything could happen. A couple turnovers here and there. A couple big plays offensively, defensively. So I wouldn't want anything to do with no. this game no. to actually put money towards it but i'm gonna take purdue in the points simply because you don't know what's gonna happen so even it's only three points i'll just take the three points and for whatever reason i'm thinking this is gonna wind up going under simply because i i i think maybe purdue's defense and nebraska's defense are just a little bit better than than we're giving them credit credit for okay nebraska is one and seven against the spread this year really I'm going with Purdue. Okay. But I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a track meet. I'm going over. Okay. Purdue in the over. All right. I can respect that. Well, there it is. We had four games. We got through those pretty quick. Should we do like a ranking of Halloween costumes, maybe? 
Who, who, what what costume would each would each uh, my head mom, coach? My mom was. Wear? She made her own costumes from scratch. Really? She was she was good at that. Wow. I was like a I was a crayon one year, made okay. it from scratch. I was a rocket one year, made it from scratch. She did a good job. So wow. I got to give props to to. Way to go, Mary. Mama Greek. Yeah. You. You know, is is those cheap like freaking with the you had the mask with the the single sure. the single uh, yeah. rubber band in the right. back and yeah. the rubber suit, yeah, just Batman, Spider Man, yeah. Superman. Ever been to Madison for Halloween? I heard it's a no. it's a big deal. Don't want to. No. Well, it's, no, you're old now. I mean, it's not in your in your younger years. Halloween was never a thing for me. Yeah, I I liked Halloween, but it wasn't something that was like mark your calendar. Deal. I think just because for me it falls during football season. And yeah. I don't know. I got other things going. Thanksgiving on. is my holiday. Yeah. I yeah. mean, any holiday you just eat. Thanksgiving, Fourth of July. Those are probably my two favorites. Fourth of July. Okay. Sure. I mean, barbecues. Sure. Why not? Good. All right. That's all I got. Yeah, me too. I am Jeffrey the Green. And I'm Big Kurt. Thanks for listening to the Eyes on Big podcast. Bye.